Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 133 here in Edmonton. Brendan Escott live from the 630 Ched Studios. Bob's back on Tuesday of next week. So in the meantime, Cody Jansen and myself holding down the fort. Royal Pizza, pizza, pasta, so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years now. Royal Pizza offering curbside pickup and takeout uh, for the menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations. Go online, royalpizza.ca, or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Working on getting George LaRock on the line, our regular Thursday contributor. It's truculent Thursday here on Oilers now, um, and a bit of a somber one. As we know, there's there's a shakeup right now in the sports world. If you miss things off the top, NHL postponing action tonight, in all likelihood postponing action tomorrow night as well. That at the request of the Hockey Diversity Alliance. It was founded to be a voice for situations just like these, was it not? So them calling their peers to action and saying, we would like to have this holdout in solidarity, in protest of, to boycott the lack of change that professional athletes and general folks, people alike, many of them anyway, have been trying to advocate for. Are we punishing athletes for their opinion while sitting there spouting off our own on Twitter? If it's the athlete's opinion that he's going to accomplish the social movement that he's trying to accomplish, why is he less entitled to feel the way that he feels than you are to feel the way that you feel tuning in from Drayton Valley or Edmonton or Sturgeon County or wherever you are today? The point is to listen. They're not causing an upheaval for any other reason than to enact change. These people have lived their lives to play sports, to play basketball, to play hockey, women's basketball players, major league soccer players. I think we should listen. And it seems like the league has listened to its players. I don't think it's confirmed yet, Cody, for the record, but it seems to be everybody reporting. uh, I'll just go off of Larry Brooks here. You know, New York Philly were supposed to play tonight. Canucks stance shifted uh, the dynamic in that. It sounds like Vancouver, in fact, was a team who had a very heavy hand in saying, no, we don't think that we should play games tonight. Yeah, I've heard a lot of different things and pretty much what's coming down to is, you know, each team is going to have to postpone one game. So tonight's games could very well be played tomorrow. And I mean, same goes for tomorrow's games being played on Saturday here. Texter says he thought Bob was off for 52 weeks. And what was that all about? No, Bob did 52 weeks straight of this show. That's why I'm talking to you today. 
Yeah, there's a lot of texts that I just I, I just can't read right now. Um, George LaRock supposedly coming down the pipe. We ran into this issue yesterday as well with uh, our friend John Shannon. Yeah. Straight to voicemail. Straight to voicemail we go. Okay, well, I'll tell you what was scheduled tonight. It was the Vancouver Canucks and Vegas Golden Knights in Game 3 of that series. And that was going to be an interesting one because it was a tale of two different games big time in that series. Vegas came out, they forechecked hard, they commanded that first game. And then the Canucks, I really have to tip my cap to the fact that they made every adjustment that they needed to make. We sat here, we preached... Markstrom has to be better. The Canucks stars had to be their stars. And they needed to play wide open Canucks hockey. And they did all that and they executed it within like two minutes of the puck being dropped. And they never really strayed from that. So it was going to be interesting to see the counter punch by Vegas tonight. How were they going to game plan around what the Canucks did to sort of suffocate some of their effectiveness? Well, now we're going to have to wait to find out. Flyers-Islanders was scheduled for 5. Canucks-Golden Knights was scheduled for 7.45. It sounds as though both of those will be contested over the weekend now. Is that That's basically where they're heading with this kind of thing? From uh, some reports, and I believe it was Andy Strickland who did first report this, is that tonight's games are likely to be played tomorrow, and tomorrow's games are going to be played the following day after. So that's what it's sounding like at this moment. Darren Dreger one minute ago saying the remaining eight playoff teams are on a call with the NHLPA being advised of all matters pertaining to postponement. So um, it seems as though we're going to have an answer shortly, but we've been waiting really, excuse me, all morning for that. And, uh, and we've had nothing yet. So they'll work on that. Don't expect to be sitting on the couch watching hockey tonight. Um, How do you feel about that? You can let me know. 780-496-0063. We're going there next to our River Cree Resort Casino hotline. Pleased to have linked up with George LaRock on what's uh, a really peculiar day, George, in the sporting world. Thank you for, uh, for jumping on here. And let's just start with this. I mean, take the floor for a minute or two here. As a black man watching things last night, put us in your, in your headspace. What was that about for you? Well, to start, uh, you know, it was nice to see the world of sports all getting together to uh, to denounce again another act, another racist act by a police officer. Um, what we saw was happening with uh, George Floyd. We see that again, despite what happened, things in the state is still in a bad state. So the guy, they united t- together to say that no. And they decide to boycott, you know, yesterday's game. I was worried because they were talking about boycotting the entire playoff. And that would have been wrong in my eyes. And I wasn't for that. So the fact that it's just a game and the guy voted to continue is good. Because in the beginning, I was worried. Because if you cancel the NBA playoff, everyone that is racist would be happy because that's what they want. People that are racist, they want division. They want hate. They want to have a cause, like they, they want to show that their hatred is stopped the NBA because the players, when they're playing, they have a bigger platform to fight for equality when they're playing as when they're not playing. So that's why the fact that they're going to keep playing with the message in the back of the jersey and they're talking about it is very good. And the fact that LeBron James now is, is paying money to help the minorities in the state to vote easier because what's going on also is that we know that 
the the the, the, uh, the election is going to dictate a lot what's going to happen in the future. And Biden, with the vice president that's going to be black, obviously we know if they win, they're going to put some laws to force the government to have a zero policy for racism, so to clean up all police officers that are racist. So for that, for them to win, they need the minorities and the blacks to vote. But for that to happen, because in the past, the black and minorities, they wouldn't vote, they wouldn't vote because there'd be people standing in line for hours. And because they, they have no money, they couldn't afford to do that. As the healthy white people that are racist, they only had to wait 10 minutes to go vote. So that's why they can get that vote. So the guys in the NBA, what they did, they threw money in the electoral system to get the minority of the black vote out to make sure that, you know, Trump doesn't win again. And when Biden wins, he implements a new rule to make sure that racism is improved in the state. George, were you? Um, what was your take on the fact that the NHL decided to proceed with the games last night, despite the fact that the NBA had opted not to? And I ask this because last night I hadn't heard anything from that newly founded Hockey Diversity Alliance prior to puck drop in terms of their desire not to play those games last night. Um, yeah. But there was a lot of people on Twitter suggesting that they made the wrong decision in taking the ice and not sort of sitting out in solidarity. Where do you fall on that? Well, you know, hockey is such a conservative sport that I wasn't surprised. Uh, you know, and, and you know, if, if the association with Akim Elio and even the Kane in the talks with all the players that made sure that today the NHL was going to follow through. The NHL is a conservative sport. So, you know, um, you know, it was sad to see that they were the only sport that didn't follow through yesterday. But, you know, better late than ever. They revised themselves, the group, talked to the players, and now today they're doing it. So it's good. But again, the NHL is lucky that the NBA didn't cancel the playoff because if they did that, you know, with all the work that the NHL has done to playoff hockey, you know, they would have been forced to be put in a position that they would have to act, and God knows what would have happened if that would have been the case. Yeah, you don't want to take the platform away, and I think that, you know, I've mentioned that a couple times today, George, you don't want to, as an athlete, with that kind of pull, whether it's your Twitter followers, your ability not to play, yeah. uh, any of that kind of stuff, it, it, it's impactful for a couple of games, you think, and then if they're not being talked about because they're not playing, then that message isn't being delivered as strongly as it could have been on the ice. Is that a fair statement? No, it is, because look at all the message that they're having while they're playing. Besides back of the jersey, now they're talking about what's going on more and more because on TV they're doing interviews. So, so now, now that what, what happens now, what just happened, what do you think the guys are going to talk about after the game's small? They're going to talk about that again, and now they're playing in the national state, they're playing in the playoffs. So they're going to, they, everybody's going to be interviewed now. Everybody's going to talk about the issue while they're playing in the NBA. They're going to say why did it they decided to keep playing, and they're going to have the platform. But if they stopped playing, everybody would have stopped talking about the fact that they stopped playing, but no guys would have been talking on camera. They wouldn't have the camera to talk about the movement, about what's going on, about telling people to vote. And, and that's why the bigger impact they could have is while they're playing. Chatting with Edmonton sporting icon George LaRock. George, um, if you were, say, one or two uh, people of color on a sports team, there's no doubt in your mind that your teammates would be supportive if you said, hey, guys, uh, this really means a lot to me right now. Um, I don't think I can take the ice tonight, you know, that sort of thing. If you were if you were an obvious minority in that dressing room, you've got to figure that the support from your teammates, being that sports in, the, in so many ways as a brotherhood, that that would be there, right? No, 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 it would be. There. Well, I, I, like, I can't talk for all the sport team. I could only talk in the teams that I played on mm-hmm. the, the eight years I was in Edmonton. 
and knowing all the teammates that I have, I know 100% for sure I would have had the support. So, uh, you know, that's, let's move. Let's move forward and let's talk about some of the games that uh, you know maybe aren't happening right now if if let's let's suppose you're the Vegas Golden Knights and you've got a real emotional leader in Ryan Reeves uh, in that room didn't necessarily have as impactful a game two as a game three but when things start firing up um, you know can you see any added uh, juice in a lineup you know maybe playing for a guy like a Reeves or a Pierre Edward Belmar or or is are we going to be able to see any sort of immediate impact do you think or is this maybe a slower marinating process towards uh you know change in in any sense well you, you know like it's gonna in hockey is gonna be slow hockey is not the same like it's often the reason to lose and guys like that impactful players like that but you know hockey is known as a white conservative sport uh you know it's a white man's sport hockey that's how it's viewed so it's good to see minority in sport but again if the mandate of the nhl is to grow the sports in the state they got to grow the sport towards minorities so they could have bigger TV rights. Look at the NFL. The TV rights is so big that just the, the TV rights pays the payroll of the entire team. Well, in the, in the NHL, you know, the TV rights in the States is bad. So, so that's why the NHL is working hard on that. There's a lot of work to do to change this mentality to get hockey more interesting because there's so many teams in the States. And, you know, it's good that Ryan Reeves is vocal and he talks about it. Uh, Belmar, not so much vocal, but but, you know, we need more guys like that, like Evander Kane that talks, that, that inspired the, the, the young generation of two more minorities of, of wanting to play hockey. So then we could see more minorities in the NHL. Yeah, and he's certainly taken the role of the lightning rod on in so many ways, George, has a Vander Kane, just simply because he's willing to keep putting himself out there in that sense. Um, i, I got to ask you the question. I asked Brian Burke earlier, as far as the quality of play goes in these playoffs this year, how much better is it than your initial expectations? Because I've been blown out of the water, certainly by the yeah. Western Conference Series. I yeah, didn't know how ready they were going to be to go, yeah. right? You know, you know, after four months of inaction, the way that the guys are playing is unbelievable. It, it looks like they haven't lost a beat. It's impressive. And, you know, the first week, all the, the, the physical, uh, physicalness, the fights and everything, uh, the intensity was there, playoff intensity, like, uh, like we've seen before. It was impressive to see that it didn't look like the guy had missed a beat. So we've got to give them a lot of credit about their preparation and the fact that they stayed in shape during this, this long process of not playing. We've seen some guys, uh, again, I'll, I'll reference the West, uh, but, you know, your Ryan Reeves, your Jamie Alexiak has really stepped up, your Sam Bennett and Milan Lucic for Calgary. Um, even watching how St. Louis got the job done in the in the Cup Final last year, George, you know, heavy hockey is, is obviously still prominent. It just seems to come faster and faster as the years go on. Curious what you think about Edmonton's makeup as it relates to the kind of hockey that we've seen played in the playoffs. You know, we didn't get a chance to see if the Oilers can get to that next level of, of finishing their checks and, and skating fast enough to do so. Um, but how do you think that they would hold up right now in, in, in the way that the Western Conference in particular is made up with some of these big and hard forechecking teams like a Calgary, a Vegas, etc.? Well, you know, Edmonton has the speed and the skill. Uh, you know, it's the goalie. If I look it up, both goalies, that's what killed the team. Um, you know, like, there's – in net, it was so bad. I was looking at it. You know, I know his former coach wanted to start from net, and then it didn't work out. He was in and after it didn't work out. It was sad to see because I, I really thought you always had a really good chance to pull out. You have the best two centers in the world. But unfortunately, with everything going on, 
Uh, you know, if you have no confidence in your goalies, it's tough. I see the D-men, they were jumping all over the place to block every shot because they wanted to help them out, but, uh, you know, it, it wasn't working. There's been a lot of, sh- like, that stuff around the league. Shots coming from the point, redirections. It kind of sank the Oilers in a couple of those games, just pucks going in off bodies. Are we seeing more of that or maybe more emphasis right now, George, placed on getting that net front traffic? Or is this just maybe kind of an anomaly in this year's playoffs? Well, you know, that's what it is. Because right now, that playoff hockey, that's what it is. If you want to score in a playoff, you have to have net presence in front of the goalie. Look at the Canadian. You know, Price was so good. Goalies are so good. The team that has good goalies, look at the Celeste. Everyone, if you have good goalies, you could go far. And if you want to score ugly goals, you have to go in front of the net. If you look at the others, where they try to score ugly goals all the time, do they get a guy that goes in the crease? Character players, I'll take a hit, you know, to score a goal. Those are all facts that come into consideration if you want to score a goal in the playoff and be a really good team. Watching Dallas's experienced core as we wrap up here with uh, George LaRock here on Oilers Now. It's 149 in Edmonton. Watching Dallas's experienced depth players, George, like your Corey Perry's, of course, Joe, Joe Pavelski stealing so many headlines, but even watching Blake Como at both ends of the ice, uh, you know, and you can go around the league and talk about, say, Tampa's uh, insulation to the core of that team. You really need dynamic scoring in the playoffs. I think that goes without saying, but how much can you say about the veterans? Uh, Cogliano's another one that pops to mind, you know, and, and guys that the Oilers may have been missing in their bottom six as far as how those types of players are able to impact playoff hockey. Well, you know, it's easy to say now because it's over, right? Like all the guys that were missing, you know, because we could go back around and around and around about the type of guys that were missing. But at the end of the day, what, what's going on is the fact that you know, there was some stuff uh, that they have to fix that Ken Allen has to address. Uh, SNSU didn't play as good as we thought. Uh, there's some wingers that you have to look again. Are they the right fit for dry settle and make David? But, and they're going to have to do that all summer. But, you know, I think for Edmonton, to me, it starts with the goalie. You have a better goalie, your, your defense will have more confidence, and that way, that way you could start winning. We will, in all likelihood, George, see a shake-up in net and in that core in front of the net as well. Is there anything else you'd like to say while you have the platform, just with respect to sort of what we kicked off our segment with here? Yeah. Well, I, I just like to tell everyone that, uh, you know, in Edmonton, when I played that, I've always felt respected. It's an awesome community. And, you know, uh, but the reason why I've always said Edmonton is the best place to play is because I've accepted I've always felt ever since I was drafted I lived in Edmonton. So I know we're talking a lot about stuff going on in the States, but I could say that those issues that I talked about, in no way I'm talking about what's going on in Edmonton. And if some of you guys that, that are out there, a lot of you guys are welcoming to all different communities. If you know anyone around you guys that are not as tolerant towards minority, talk to them, help them be more accepting because we need to, to be loving and playing a living in a loving environment so everybody feel you know feel love and 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 in harmony it's so important in, in our society whether you're an athlete or not george larock thank you for your time and insight my friend we'll chat next week thank you thank you brother thank you george larock former edmonton oiler edmonton sporting icon 152 in edmonton back to wrap up oilers now after this Hi, I'm Darnell Nurse from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. 153 in Edmonton.
780-496-0063 is the text line. It's been heated today as we expected with very polarizing news coming out of the sporting world. NHL will not be playing games tonight. It doesn't sound like things are going tomorrow, although that seems to remain up in the air. So does this. Give me one second here. Oilers Community Foundation. We know about this 50-50 originally. uh, The game, August 7th. We're now 20 days later. They were going to announce it a couple days ago. More hiccups. They're trying to get this right before they announce the winner of half of $14.3 million. You can imagine why it's in their best interest. I know you hate being strung long for days on end but don't you think that you'd rather have this go down properly than jump the gun and screw it up so the tweet that happened at 120 today from the Oilers Foundation goes like this we continue to make progress on voiding and refunding final requests from customers who initiated the uh, requisite refund process we will provide an update on the timeline for the draw once ascend fundraising solutions completes this process thank you once again for your patience again that is from the Oilers community Foundation. I have a question, says this texter. You know what? Forget it. I'm not going there with him. I'm not going. I'm not going there. Let's go to this day in Oilers history instead. Back in 1992, the Oilers trade Vinny Damfus in a fourth-round draft pick to Montreal for Shane Corson, Brent Gilchrist, and Vladimir Vojtek. Well, Vinny Damfus had a great career just before my time of awareness. He was sort of relevant uh, through my my years of quite literal infancy on this earth. Uh, But great hockey player, and I know Shane Corson had a lot of, he had some time contributing here in Edmonton as well. Yeah, Vinny was actually had some unreal years with Montreal. I mean, the late 90s, I think he had maybe a couple of 40-goal seasons there. I think he peaked at around 94 points, something. So, And, and always a playoff guy as well. That 93 run, he had 23 points for the Habs. 23 points. Goodness gracious. <laughs> Yeah, hey man, I saw Stoff's tweet uh, earlier today, Bob Stoffer's tweet earlier today. It's looking like it's going to be a busier offseason than some people may be forecasting for the Oilers. Now, Mark's, I think it was Mark Spector talking about a player, a winger, in fact, maybe somewhere in the six or seven million dollar range. That seems very steep Uh, to me. I think that the idea, at least out of the gate, is going to be to see if they can't spread some of the cap throughout the lineup and get a little bit more depth and contribution that way. But I mean, if you can find somebody, uh, whether that be a Mike Hoffman or a Michael Granlund is going to be a U.S at the end of this year. These are just names that I'm tossing out off the top of my head. Tyler Toffoli, I'm pretty sure, is an unrestricted free agent, and he's coming off a $4.6 million AAV contract, uh, but has also been a, more than a point-per-game player for the Canucks. So is he even going to be shaken loose out of their organization? Maybe not. It, it all depends on where do you want to spend this cap space, right? I mean, is $6, 7000000 million right to put on your front end, or... Do you kind of suck it up and pay that big goaltender what he wants? It it all depends on what you want for your future and how you want to build your team around. Do you want to build it around a Marc-Andre Fleury or... Do you want to build it around that offense? So they'll be sitting around right now assessing exactly which of those areas they believe would be the weakest combined with how can we smartly allocate these dollars. If you're talking about acquiring, say, a Braden Holtby, if he had any interest in playing in Edmonton, for example, um, that price tag is not going to allow you to supplement the rest of your roster the way that I believe they want to. So to me, guys more in their price range, yeah, maybe a Marc-Andre Fleury with Vegas taking at least half of that salary back 
okay, I'll give that a look. Then you're only spending about seven and a half million on both your goaltenders. I think it's hard to predict right now what they will be able to spend because I, I still think Ken Holland's got something up his sleeve where he can dump a few of these contracts off. And if he is, maybe some of those unpleasant contracts that they're sitting on right now, if he can get rid of those, you really never know who he might just be able to bring in. I am excited to see what happens, though we are in all likelihood probably at least, you know, late October, early November away from it. But hey, Kyle Dubas bucked the trend, didn't he? Very that true. was That was exciting. That does it for the Thursday edition of Oilers Now. I know it wasn't an easy one. I appreciate your input one way or the other. We'll be back at it tomorrow. I don't know if there's going to be games to talk about, to preview, I should say. We, we know that there's no hockey tonight, just no. to establish that. So, think about it. Bring some educated thoughts to 780-496-0063 tomorrow. Tonight, Inside Sports guest host Dave Campbell. Former coach of Alfonso Davies will be on the show. Excited to hear that tomorrow. We're working with Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey on Rogers for our friends at the River Cree Resort and Casino. Andy Ide out of ESPN Radio in Seattle talking Ethan Bear and, of course, the Kraken. Are you kidding me? Jack Michaels from the Oilers Radio Network as well. Up next, global news, weather, traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by a simulcast CHQR 770 in Calgary, the Rod Breakenridge, Rob Breakenridge Show. Back tomorrow with noon oilers now with bob stoffer weekdays at noon on oilers radio 6 30 chad